finish my M&Ms. I really did. I, I need energy in this second service. And, um, but you know what? I love this. And I was thinking the Eminem God, he is mighty. And we sing a great song. He's mighty to save. And he's marvelous, isn't he? Hey, let's just put our hands together and thank God for what an amazing God he is. The Bible calls it a clap offering. Come on. Really like you mean it. God, we are thankful for Jesus. That's right, man. Awesome God. Let me tell you something else. Hey, this is kind of fun because it's a little smaller crowd. And I got accused last service of really messing up, so I'm going to do it early this time. There we go. And, and it's fun. I mean, you come to church. There you go. Here we go. Oh, here, hey. Here we go. All right. Now, let's take an offering, you know, okay? Let's really take a good one, okay? No. Wasn't that fun? Hey, our M&M God. You know, don't you wish life was like that? You just walked outside and, I don't know, that might hurt, man, if M&Ms were just pelting you, you know, 24-7. But I would suffer through it. How many of you would suffer through that? I mean, how many of you like M&Ms? I mean, I'm watching everybody running around, hey, get the M&Ms! So I, that's why I thought I'd walk out and do it to the back. All right. Well, let's, let's get after this message and tackle it because it's a message of hope and encouragement. And um, I just think that uh, I, I'm so excited about today. This is our 600th Sunday at Christ Community Church. I have, yeah, that's right. Thank you, God. We, uh, might have seemed like a lot to you, but I, I've, I've preached a, a great majority of them. And uh, I have the ledger where I keep up with everything that we've done since we started. And uh, so it's been at 590, 592, 590. And like last weekend, it was 599 and I wasn't here. Like, look, but God's good, isn't he? So I made it for the 600th Sunday. So that's a lot of Sundays for the media tech, nursery, worship, outlines, all the things that happened. But you know what? God is good. And it's so worth it. He's an M&M God. So uh, we're going to walk through this together. And, and I hope that uh, you'll have a worship guide. So if you do turn to the back of that, there's a place for taking notes and following along. And I want us to look at this message truth. It says, our mighty God is full of goodness and mercy. He longs to share his love with us. And when we receive his grace, he adopts us into his family, into the family of God. We become his. And then our response has to be one of sheer gratitude, humility, gratefulness, and thanks, God. Thanks for the cross. Thanks for Jesus. Thank you for Easter. See, y'all, this is the awesome part because we know a few thousand years later, but uh, it's so awesome to know that it didn't end at the day of Golgotha on the hill at the cross of Calvary. I mean, that had to happen for our sins to be forgiven. But, man, I'm excited about next weekend. I hope you'll be here next weekend. I hope you'll maybe talk one of your friends or some of your friends into coming with you. Churches across the globe will be filled and packed, and we're just believing God for an awesome celebration. So I'm hopefully going to help and try to encourage you. Well, here's four reasons to give thanks. Get ready to write. We could list hundreds, thousands, but I'm only going to choose four today that I think fall in line with what I'm trying to share. Number one. He, God, has chosen to adopt me in you. Man, this adoption thing uh, is all through Scripture. It's consistent with the character of God. And there's a, and we've had adoption messages from this platform, but I think it's really the first time I've really talked about it. And there's a guy who's in glory today. We used to hear his uh, voice on radio. I, I think about him often. He was a good friend. He used to preach for me about twice a year. He'd fill in. His name's Gary Hunley. 
And uh, Gary would, he, one time he preached on adoption, did a great job. Because adoption, it wasn't just that he was in a family of God, and that was the ultimate. But his daughter had adopted a child. And he would tell you everywhere he went about his grandchild. Michaela, that's it. Can, can y'all hear him saying it right now? I can't. He talked about Michaela. And, and, and in our church, you know, we, we've seen adoptions. We'll talk about that in a minute. But the whole thing is adoption is that God has chosen us. Well, we know what it is to be chosen for a job, to get that exact job or that job we were working for or we got out of high school, we got out of college or, or somehow we feel like we got lucky but we know it was the favor of God but we landed the job. Or here's one. Maybe you uh, you got a team. Uh, you got chosen for the team. Some of you are like, yeah, I was always first or second chosen because I was strong and fast and arrogant. And then some of you are like, I never got chosen, man. They're like, go take out the water. Well, then there was this thing that shows my age. And some of you won't know because this is a really young crowd. But there, there was this thing called the Sadie Hawkins dance. Anybody know what I'm talking and I was just bragging last service about how great our new sound system was working, or not new sound system, but our new mics and everything. And it's really been fun. Um, thank you. Uh, you know, a lot of sugar and the ADDs kicked in. Okay, Sadie Hawkins, you, do, you, do you remember? Uh, maybe you were there, and, and girls picked you to go to the dance, or they didn't. And I thought it was really a cool concept because girls got to experience rejection like us guys did. You know what I'm talking about? Do you got, you would never raise your hand in church, but some of you were just goobers, okay? You were just odd. You know, you, know, you, you, you didn't get asked, man. I was there, you know, I remember eighth grade, man. It was like, man, acne. It was like, man, nobody's inviting me to the Sadie Hawkins dance, you know. And, but you know what? In eighth grade, there was this girl, wasn't a Sadie Hawkins, but it was a dance at my junior high school. She showed up. Man, she was amazing. I, she was so good looking. She was so awesome. I married her. I've been married to her almost 29 years. But she did not give me the time of day till college because I became a Christian and I got a testimony. So uh, so I'm kind of, but I remember being chosen. Well, God is into this thing about choosing, adopting, grafting us in to his family to be a part of the family of, of faith. And, and it's an awesome thing. So listen to what Ephesians 1, 4 and 5 says. For he, being God, chose us in him before the creation of the world to be holy and blameless in his sight. In love, he predestined us and adopted us as sons through Jesus Christ in accordance with his pleasure and his will. Now, we're a community church, so that means we have Arminian and Calvin and all these different schools of theology and and predestined and predetermined and with a purpose and, and understand all that. But all I know is we were rejected. Uh, we've been unwanted, and God says, I've come near. I've invited you to become a part of my family through faith in my son, Jesus Christ. So adoption, I want you to write this down, because this is key that you get this in your heart. Adoption is a result of the Father's love. It's a result of the Father's choice. God chose you. He, uh, we don't come to Christ except the Holy Spirit draws us. Adoption is a result of, of sacrifice. That song we sing, I, I love it from the Hill Songs from Darlene. And it goes, at the cross, you know, I bend, I bow my knee. Oh, God makes a sacrifice. And we're right here on the eve of, of Holy Week. And, and as we get ready, these kids, I just saw them in the foyer after last service. And it was incredible. They're all walking around with palm leaves. like these little. It looked like they were like ripping off the fake plants, but they weren't. And they, and they were given to them. And they were saying, Hosanna, Hosanna in the highest. I mean, the kids were learning the story of Jesus. Well, here it is. So right now, let me tell you how cool this adoption thing. I, I just This is God's timing. We've had international and local national adoptions in our church over the years. 
Yesterday, an awesome couple took a route, and they arrived in the Ukraine. Jason, Melanie, and Grant Hall are in the Ukraine right now. They went for the sole purpose to adopt a child or two. They don't, know how, they don't know if they're getting a little boy or a little girl. They don't know if it'd be special needs or not. And they don't know if they're going to come home with one or with two. So would you just write down there, pray for Jason and Melanie and Grant over these weeks as they go through all the processes of that government to adopt a child. But the thought occurred to me this week earlier. The, there's a little boy or a little girl, and they've been playing this week, or they've been hanging out in the crib or wherever they are in the orphanage. And God knew that there was an American couple named Jason and Melanie and Lil Grant were going to the Ukraine to get a child. How many of you are excited about receiving that child back into our church? Isn't that going to be awesome when they get home? Come on, tell them like you really mean it. Yeah, that's right, man. We're excited about that. And, and you might sit there today and go, man, dude, that is awesome. I'm adopted. You know, that's, that's a cool thing. And some of you are like, man, I wish I was adopted. Well, you know, I don't know if that's a cool thing or not. It's like this. When you get married, you get adopted into families. And uh, so here's the principle to all the young, because we've got a lot of young folks in this service. Be careful who you marry. <laughs> they're going to be your in-laws. And that's enough said. That's a whole other message in itself. But they're also looking at you going, this is my daughter-in-law. This is my son-in-law. My mother-in-law sits here in the earlier service, and she's like one of my best friends, and she's like a mom to me. And I love her so much. We have this great thing. And what you don't know is we have this M&M fetish. And she has all the M&Ms that Jesus will let her buy. She's a diabetic. She didn't eat them. She buys them for me and her grandkids. And she buys them and puts them in the freezer or in, or in the refrigerator. And they're always cold. And she buys peanut butter ones. And, and then she just always has them. And there's a dish in her house. And every time I go there, I get uh, a handful or two. It's an awesome thing. And so I love this eminent thing that, man, that's God. He, he adopts us. He's mighty. He's marvelous. He brings us. So he brings us into his family through faith in Jesus Christ. God is into adoption because God planned. He foreknew. He chose us ahead of time. Listen to these thoughts. Believers are adopted as an outcome of redemption. Redemption is paying a price, shedding blood. God secures us. Just right now in the verse is Galatians 4, 5. God sent his son to redeem those under the law that we might receive the full rights as sons, as daughters of the high king. And that's what adoption does. Another thought was we are adopted as an outcome as of of justification. And justification is that big theological word that means just as if I never sinned. And that's what God says he does for us. That we haven't, uh, that it's like he covers us in the righteousness and the blood of Jesus Christ. And he sees us blameless. Are, are you excited about that this morning as much as I am? I mean, how many of you think you would make it into heaven on your merit? I don't think so. And you see, that's what's so sad about the Jehovah's Witness and other cults today that are trying to earn their works. They're trying to have merit enough that God would tip the scale and go, come on in. There is one way to the Father, that is Jesus Christ. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. Nobody comes to the Father but by me. Not by Oprah, not by the world, not by any of this, but by Jesus Christ. Is, is that a place to just amen? I'll just amen myself. Okay, here we go. I told you that a couple weeks ago. And this whole thing is adoption is by grace. It's a guarantee. We're no longer slaves, but we're sons and daughters of God. I, I don't know about you. I don't want to be anybody's slave. Although if God says you're a slave, that's fine. I'd be a bond servant for Jesus. But God says you're, you're now a son. You're now a daughter. You're now a prince or a princess of the king on high. And we have another adoption. He came to our church a few years ago. He came from the Ukraine, right where Jason and Melanie are today. 
His name's Jake DeBartolaven, and he lives in Tallahassee, Alabama, and he's been adopted into that community, but more importantly, he is Ken and Cindy's son, and he is awesome, and he's full of love and compassion, and he's touched our lives, and yet God had a plan for his life. Uh, the illustration would be this way. If there was a criminal and they committed all these sins and they were standing before the judge and, this, and, and the judge says, I'm, I pronounce sentence on you guilty. And man, I mean, it's just for a multitude of things that he's done. But then the judge, as he pronounces that verdict, he takes his robe off. He walks around to the front of his bench and he looks the young man in the eye and he goes, you know, I want you to know, I accept your penalty for myself. And today I take you for myself as my son. You are now mine. You have my name and all the rights. You're like, wow, man, that'd be grace. Well, that's the story of Jesus. God gave his son, Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ took on that which he didn't do, sin, and he became an offering for you and I. And if we trust in Christ, Christ says, I take the payment, Father. It's all for them because I love them. And that's the hope of Easter. Let me give you a verse, Isaiah 64, 6. Some of you are saying this morning, well, I'm not that bad. Oh, yes, you are. You're sinners. We are sinners. Uh, the Bible says it this way. Our righteous acts are like filthy rags. And you can look that up later, what rags is. It's, it's not very pleasant. We're unrighteous. We're unholy. We need a new heart. And that's what Jesus comes to give us. So when we're yet sinners, the Bible says Christ died for us. And sometimes that just seems like it's so far away. Oh, yeah, sinners, Christ, Calvary. The cross, Easter, the bunny. Oh no, you missed it. Man, grace. Grace comes near in Christ. Let's look at the second point. He plans this in advance for us. In him we were also chosen, having been predestined according to the plan of him who works out everything in conformity with the purpose of his will. Now you're saying, well, that's not what mine says. Can I just tell you, I'm not preaching on what the worship God says. I made a mistake. I had a really hectic week flying back in. It was a lot of crisis in the church, and I was flying through it too fast. I apologize. I'll try to do better. There's also another error that I made. But this verse is about circumcision. I'm not going to talk to you about circumcision today, okay? Some of you are like, oh, man, great. I was hoping he wasn't going to do that. Yeah, I mean, I, that's for somebody else another day. This is Ephesians 1.11. Fix that in your thing. Mark through that verse. I've never told you to mark through a verse, but mark through that verse. It has nothing to do. And, and we were laughing. I told the staff, I go, Adam, look at this. This is hilarious, man. Circumcision. And he's busting out laughing, and Jason's busting out laughing. They go, well, you know what? We think you can cover it. We think you can make a spiritual point. Hey, I'm not even going to try. Does anybody want to try? I'm not. Okay. So it's not. So if you show this to somebody, they go, oh, yeah. Hey, Mom, Dad, uh, Pastor talked about circumcision today. It was really life-changing. Okay. All right. Let's move on. So God plans in advance for me. And, uh, and this whole thing here is that when we talk about predestination and foreknowledge and election and different theological camps, let me tell you what this really is. In this passage in Ephesians, it's a prayer of praise. It's a pray, it's a prayer of gratitude to God that He's done an, an amazing thing. Let, let me tell you why I know that. It, it's like we get to make heaven visible when we get adopted in Christ. But here is Paul, the Apostle Paul that gave us 13 letters in the New Testament. He's a murderer of Christians. He slays, he crucifies, he, he just, man, he can't stand Christians. He has a Damascus role experience. God changes his heart. And here's this guy. He has been a blasphemer of believers, and God changes him. How many of you are glad that God changed Paul? Man, I am. I'm like, yes, we get most of our New Testament. That's right. And yet, this is a guy who's going, God, I give praise. I've been chosen. God, you interrupted my life. 
God, you changed me. And we're no different in 2008. Has Jesus Christ changed your life? Things have happened to you this morning that have brought you to where you are. You made bad in a class. You went through a divorce. You've uh, had, you lost your job. You got a job. You, you had cancer. You don't have cancer. You lost somebody to cancer. You, I mean, you know, just go through it. Just all litany of things have happened to every one of us. And yet all those things happen for a purpose because I believe God has prepared you for where you are today, life's events and circumstances. I didn't speak to I was five years of age. So that was a huge thing for me. And, and yet I know that God has used that in my life. There's so many things that have happened in your life and mine, and we could just sit here and talk about them all day. But I wrote down this thought. Painful events of your life are no surprise to God. Isn't that a great thought? When 9-11 hit and the towers went crumbling down, I still remember that just like I'm looking at that M&M on, on the screen right now. Man, you're like, well, where was God? God was right there on the throne. When that tornado hit Prattville just a few weeks ago, and my precious mother-in-law was in the store, and God protected her life. And Jason and Melanie Hall that are in the Ukraine, the tornado came right up to the edge of their pool, and they had to have a picture of that for their home study to show they had a home to go adopt. You tell me God's not awesome. You see, had their house been destroyed, they would not have been able to go through the adoption. That's just how close they were. And Melanie's just been giving praise to God. I mean, we're going to have a life story video on her one day. It, it, it'll be cool. So God interrupts your life. God knows in advance. He's prepared me for this, the painful stuff. Here's what I want you to see. Give the painful stuff to God. This morning, give it to him. God, man, I've hurt, I've cried, I've disappointed my mom, I've disappointed my wife, my husband, my teacher, my employer, my neighbor. I've disappointed somebody. God, I give it to you. And God says, I will take that stuff. And then there's a verse that we don't quote when somebody's going right through the pain, but before and after, we want to hear these words, Romans 8.28. And we know that in all things God works for the good of those who love him and who have been called according to his purpose. It didn't say, God, we know you, you know, this is good. That's not good, but we know that in all things, God works for good. And when I lost my mom at nine years of age, that was not a good thing. I was the only person in my elementary school that didn't have a mom in the sixties at Dalreda Elementary School. And people treated me like I was a freak for about three weeks because they didn't know what to say. And I didn't know what to say because I didn't really not dealt with this death thing. And I'm nine years old. But God has used that. Even though it wasn't good, He's used it for His glory. And I still don't understand it 40 years later. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? Hello? Have you had some stuff in your life? Like, man, I've had some painful stuff. And, and God says, well, give it to me. And here's what I wrote down. This, this is so critical. If you get this today, this will be worth uh, the video at the end of the service, the M&M. Listen to this. How mature are you today? And I wrote down this. The amount of time it takes you to thank God when you are frustrated and when you are in pain. I'm going to repeat it because it's so essential we get this. How mature are you as a Christ follower today? The amount of time it takes you to thank God when you are frustrated and when you are in pain and when you're in distress, I bless Him. You're saying, well, Keith, it takes me six years, 60 days, six months, six hours, six minutes. God says, thank me. That I'm at work. I'm a good God. How many of you think God's a good God this morning? Do you think God's good? I know He's good. Well, you don't sound like you're convinced. Do you really think God's good? Man, He's awesome. He's very good. Does that mean horrible stuff didn't happen to us? 
I mean, when you're sick and you're throwing up, you're going, God, you're good. Well, you're probably not thanking God right then for the sickness, but he's still good. And you get a medical report and it's not good, or you lose your uh, bank account, or you, or, or you have a wreck, and you're like, but you know what? You could have been killed. You could have been hurt. You could have been paralyzed. You could have done. I mean, it's all perspective on God's side. So, God, we we trust you. God, I want to learn to give thanks, even in the tough things of life. Look at three. He guarantees an inheritance for me, who is a deposit, according to verse 14, guaranteeing our inheritance until the redemption of those who are God's possession to the praise of his glory. The never fading, unspoiled glory of Christ. God keeps that. See, when God adopts us and he prepared in advance to put us in his family, we have an inheritance. We have an inheritance, a, a citizenship in heaven. Last week, you know, I, I couldn't wait to get back. I mean, I was excited, and it was—it looked like a Norman Rockwell painting. The snow was falling. It was the biggest snow of the decade in Kentucky. But I wanted to be here. When I went to church at Southland, they had like 10,000 the weekend before, and, and, and I saw these people, and it was really awesome. But there were snow plows in the parking lot. I'm not accustomed to that. We've never had a snowplow in any church I've ever been in, even when I used to travel a lot. I mean, that was just kind of weird to me. And I wasn't like, oh, praise God, snowplows. Those are really cool. Let me tell you why. I used to have a tremendous fear of snow. My mom was killed on a snowy day in 1968 in Alabama. And she hit the brakes. And our car went out of control. And we got hit by an 18-wheeler head-on, and it killed her and my grandfather, and I was the only survivor. Until I was 18 years old, it only snowed a few times. I would get on my bicycle and ride places. I had a girlfriend one time. I never will forget this. I rode my bicycle all the way across town because I was afraid to drive a car. So you got to remember, man, for me to be in snow, and everybody's like, oh, isn't that cool? Snow in my flesh kind of freaks me out. You know what I'm saying? So I have to come to grips with my fear. And yet, as I looked at it, but... And yet, I couldn't wait to get to Montgomery, and I get here, and the sunshine, and it's beautiful. And then God reminded me, this is an outhouse compared to what I have in store to those that love me. You know what I'm saying? Our citizenship is in heaven. So the worst day of our life, in perspective, can be unbelievable. Uh, I, I was reading a story. It was really interesting. This guy got fired from his job, and on, on the way home, he had to go to the dentist. And he went to the dentist, and he got a root canal. And in the root canal, the Novocaine wore off. I mean, man, that's having a bad day. On the way home, his best friend called him and says, I hate you, and you betrayed him. Then he got home, and his wife was sick, and he got to hold the pail for her. It was just a glorious day. Then he got a phone call from his stockbroker, and the stock market crashed on him, and he lost all his investments. So he's like, man, could this day be any worse? But then, like the next month, things started turning around. And he, like, got a new job. And in six months, he got a big promotion. And life just started really happening. And uh, him and his wife, she got pregnant. And, and she said, we're going to name the, the, this child after you with your name, a son. And he's like, man, this is awesome. And his pastor went to him and says, and you get to give a 6% tithe for this year. That's humor. But anyway, it, that's not a tithe. A tithe is how much? How much is a tithe? Apparently, we don't have everybody believes that. If you just look in the worship guide, you'll see the numbers don't always reflect that. Okay, I just thought I'd work that in. Let's move on. Okay, so, but then I heard this other story, and that was really good. This guy was in chronic pain for 72 years. His life was rough. And I meet people that are challenged and retarded and handicapped and sick and diseased and cancer-ridden, and life was good or isn't bad, or they, they start out rough. But when you look at it in pale comparison to eternity, you can still say God is good. 
Uh, Lee Strobel tells this amazing story about this guy that basically he had 13 back surgeries. He was in constant pain. And everybody would ask him, say, how are you? And he would have this line. He goes, God is still good. God is still on his throne. And he has all eternity if he wants to, to make it up to me. That's perspective, isn't it? He didn't have to. He didn't owe us anything. But this this heritage. So there's a heritage here. Uh, he says he guarantees an inheritance. And it means it's something somebody is born into. When we get saved, when we get born again, God gives us a new nature. He gives us a new home. He gives us the inheritance that we will inherit a land, a place that never dies. See, Ch- Chuck Swindoll said it this way one day. We're in the land of the dying on the way to the land of the living. But we think we're in the land of the living. We're not. From the time we're born, we start decomposing in ourselves and we do develop and mature. But we're not going to get like live forever, not in this life. We're going to live forever in the presence of Jesus. If, if, if we're Christ followers, if we're not, we'll be tormented and suffering. You're like, wow, that's a message of hope. So you look here. He guarantees an inheritance. So... My thought is this, how, how is your year? How's your day? How's your life going so far? You're like, well, it's kind of rough. Look at Isaiah chapter 43, verse 1, and I'm going to jump down a few verses. And Isaiah, this prophet, gives these words. Fear not, for I have redeemed you. I have summoned you by name. You are mine. Isn't that a good thought this morning? God says you're his. I write your name in the palm of my hand. You belong to me. You don't need to fear. You don't need to wonder if I'm good. I, I'm a good guy. I, I'm, I'm in charge. So the thought just keeps coming. Don't forget to thank God. Don't forget to thank Him. First Corinthians 2 9, to go back to the story I told, it helps it. No eye has seen, no ear has heard, no mind has conceived what God has prepared for those who love Him. How much do you love Jesus this morning? Do you love Him enough to serve Him? Do you love Him enough to give Him your all? Do you love Him enough to be faithful to Him despite what it might cost you? God, I will be faithful. I used to have a t-shirt. I loved it. It says, too blessed to be stressed. It had a great thought of me. I'm just too blessed to be stressed. And when Peter Lord was here, he said, how are you doing? Oh, I'm having a blessed day. Oh, we are blessed of God. And the fourth point is this, and I want you to see this. It's real important. He has given me an opportunity to share. He's given me an opportunity to share his marvelous love. There was a writer and author that I heard years ago, speaker, and a writer and author would be the same thing, right? And, uh, and uh, her name is Becky Manley Pippert. She used to be in Israel, and she would write, and she wrote this really neat book. It was called Out of the Salt Shaker. And it was a great book. I heard her talk about it. I read the book. Great book. And, and the premise is this. Salt is of no value if it only stays in the shaker. When you go to a restaurant, like I, I like to eat Mexican food like today. That'd really be cool, but my family probably didn't want to do that. But when I go to a Mexican restaurant and they bring chips out, I don't look at the salt shaker and go, wow, cool looking salt shaker. I get it now. I mean, it's loaded up. And every once in a while, I forget to tell somebody and they're like, dude, you like salt. I was like, we don't worry about it. I'll be on the bottom. But the thing is, salt is to be dispensed. Your life is to be lived. Your life is to be shared with others. You're to get outside the confines and the huddle of the holy called the church and dispense salt and light in a dying world. Do you hear me, church? Is that true? And God wants to give us an opportunity to share His marvelous love. Jeremiah chapter 20, verse 9. 
I found this uh, passage years ago, and I've, I've often meditated on it. And, and Jeremiah is a prophet of God. He's a fiery prophet. And he says, your word, O oh God, is a fire in my bones. It is shut up. But, oh God, I can't shut up. I cannot fail to mention you, God. It's got to get out. When you have a fire, it's hard to contain it. It has to spread. And this morning I'm thinking, is the word of Christ a blaze in your life? Are you on fire for the Savior? Some of you are on fire for God. Some of you are like considering. Some of you, man, you're down to a little flicker. Some of you are like, dude, I'm not even a flicker. I went out. Well, today, be rekindled by the Spirit of the living God. Amen? I mean, y'all, that's what God wants. And here are some ways women can do that. Listen, fill it in. Listen to the promptings of the Holy Spirit. When I did the whole series, Take a Walk Across the Room on Evangelism, we talked about listening to the guidance, to the instruction, to the direction of the Holy Spirit, that He, he would uh, lead and direct our path in righteousness. And, and I like what Acts 8 says. It says, The Spirit told Philip, Go to the chariot and stay near it. Go there. And I have something, and you can read the rest of uh, Acts 8, and you see what God had for him. So I just made some points. I, I was thinking, I said, okay, God, you want us to give thanks, and you want us to share our lives. Like, in what way? And so here it is. Number one, we share our faith. The Bible says, be prepared in season and out of season in 2 Timothy 4.2. Last weekend, I'm standing there on Friday watching the snow, and I'm thinking, wow, this is incredible. And then Saturday morning, it's like just really getting thick. And then everybody's telling me, all the flights are canceled in Memphis and Lexington, and it's just horrible. I'm like, I'm not going home. And God said, be at peace. I'm going to do a work this weekend in the church. They're going to step up. They're going to, they're going to use their gifts. It's going to be a growing time for the church. Because I kept saying, God, why am I? I, I, had, I had two services, four baptisms, and a funeral. And I couldn't get home. And God just said, chill. So, so I, I just kind of enjoyed it. So I called Nathan about noon. He just got through painting Nate and Nikki's house. And when I called him, I said, hey, Nate. Hey, bro. I need you to preach. He goes, <laughs> he's trying to cry. I said, man, suck it up. Grow up, son. No, he didn't do that. You know what he said? This is the coolest response I've ever had. Hey, pastor, God told me this morning before I went to paint the house in my quiet time, pastor's getting snowed in. He's not coming home. Be prepared to give a word. I went, cool. So since he was so confident, I said, all right, let's go round two. I said, Nathan, I've got an outline, all the PowerPoints prepared. I want to finish the Lord's uh, prayer I'd love for you to preach my message, but if you can't, I understand. You know what he said? I'd be honored. I'll go study. He studied all afternoon, studied night. I listened to the message. Man, it was a lot better than I could have done it. He knocked it out of the park. So I'm going to start writing messages and Nathan will come. No. Anyway, so, so it was really cool. So he was ready. Uh, Robbie. Robbie's never done a funeral. Just never. Man, he was like, I called him out. I was getting on the airplane that day, and I could tell. I could, I could, I could see him throwing up over the No, he wasn't throwing up. He stepped up, man, knocked it out of the ballpark. Man, Jason, hand the baptisms last weekend. Man, excellent. Everybody was doing their job. I'm like, God, it's a team. It's all about you, Jesus. Amen. Man, God, I get excited. So here's the point. Share our faith. Our lifestyle should back up. We should be gentle. We should be respectful. We should be ready and looking and praying for divine appointments. Last weekend, I'm, on Thursday, I'm flying up, and there's this woman sitting next to me, and I, and I start sharing Christ and asking to find out she's a Christ follower. She's from Detroit. 
So we had a nice talk, and I had a prayer brochure with her, and I got up to her and said, hey, would you pray for me? Would you pray for our church? And here's what we're trying to do in the river region and to the world. And that was great. On the way home, I'm like, God, you know, give me an opportunity to share. I'm sitting next to this colonel in the Air Force. He's coming to Montgomery. That always happens. People come in for two or three weeks. He's coming in for training. He's a Christ follower from Wyoming. There's not many people in Wyoming, so I don't know how many Christ followers there. But it was the coolest thing. And he was supposed to come today. And Tom, did you show up? He wasn't here last service. Well, maybe he was turned off to me. I don't know. But um, no, we had, we had a great conversation. We just shared the hope of Jesus Christ. And he, he was told me, he says, I just got orders. He's going to a new place because he told me it's really kind of limited the Christianity, the, the movement of Christ in Wyoming. So he's excited about getting in a new community. So you got to encourage him. Here's all I'm saying. Share your faith. Pray for divine appointments. This week, pray that God would put people in your path to invite for next weekend. That's your assignment. You got it now? What's your assignment? Pray for people to have divine appointments and invite them to attend worship with you next weekend. They could get born again. What a thought. Secondly, share our hope. That's the whole message next weekend, the hope that we have in Jesus Christ. To those inside the church and those outside the walls of the church, God wants us to share. And uh, and then I wrote down this verse, 1 Peter 3.15. Be prepared to give an answer to everyone who asks you to give a reason for the hope that you have. The hope that you have grounded, rooted in Jesus Christ, needs to be shared with other people. Are you prepared to give an answer? You're like, well, man, I could. And many of you could. And some of you are like, man, I'm not ready. So the next series, we'll introduce it next weekend. It's called Fish Tales. It's about evangelism. And I hope it will encourage you. But God's just saying, listen to the promptings. And then look at that uh, the bottom. This is another mistake that I made, okay? Just share Keith's goof-ups this Day. Okay. In the midst of a generation screaming for answers, Christians are struggling. They are struggling, but the word should be stuttering right in there. Mark out the word struggling, put stuttering by Howard Hendricks. As a Christ follower, there's no reason for you and I not to be able to give a reason for the hope and why we believe and share an answer of Jesus Christ, what Christ has done for us. It is a personal thing, but it is not to be private. It is personal and it should go public. Take your witness public for Jesus Christ. Uh, I, I just see that. So we share that and we share our life. Look at that. That's the last point. What Christ has done for us. Others need to hear a testimony. Others are waiting to receive a word of encouragement, a word of hope. God has given you not a spirit of timidity, but of power, of self-control, of a self-discipline, of a sound mind. God has given us power. And in Ecclesiastes 11.1, 1, look at the screen. It's a great verse. Cast your bread upon the waters for after many days, then you will find it. So this morning, as we come to this end of the day, we have an Eminem God. He's mighty. He's quick to save. But He's a marvelous light. He's marvelous to be a companion and to be a king and a Lord and a friend to walk with. So would you bow your heads with me? And maybe you find yourself right now in a place of needing answers and hope and uh, things just work to work out for you. Maybe you're hurting. Offer that tough stuff to Jesus. In just a few moments, I'm going to invite a couple of you to walk over to the cross and there'll be elders and there'll be people there to pray for your spiritual needs. I encourage you to do that. And maybe you're a person today and you find yourself, you're, you're a sinner and, and, and you realize that and you know you need Jesus Christ. You know that you need to look to Him, that you need to be adopted. Could you be adopted this morning? 
just by placing your faith in the Son of God. Would you cry out to Jesus? If that's your heart's cry, could you be like Bartimaeus? Jesus, have mercy on me, Son of David. It's all it takes. Lord Jesus, I'm a sinner. I need salvation. Come and be my Savior and my Lord and call out upon the name of the Lord and He will meet you where you are today. If you did that, would you just raise your hands high to the heavens? Did anybody do that in this service just now? You called out to Jesus. Or maybe you just cried out in your pain. Well, admit that. Go over to the cross. Go over there and spend time on your knees in front of the cross at the table. But Lord, we bless you for your presence because you are an M&M God. You keep giving and giving and giving. You're a good God. May we be faithful to your cause and to your purpose. And God's people said, Amen. Next weekend, special times for the services is all in the worship guide. Please be here on time. Invite people to attend with you. Jason McHenry.